morning. I am excited today. Do you want to ask me why? I'll tell you why. I'm excited because we got some special guests here today from the Union Gospel Mission, and I am excited to make the introduction. I'm excited to be able to share, you know, weave in the backstory of what led to today, and then I'm really excited for what we won't know is going to happen yet, what God does with all of this. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Now, before I introduce you to our guests, I want to take a few minutes here and give some context to the the conversations that we're going to be having here in a couple minutes. I want to give some context to that. And the context is a series that we've been in for multiple weeks. We've been in a series called Emmanuel.Church. And what this series is about is about honoring the name that God has given us. I believe with all my heart that God gave us the name Emmanuel. And then he uh, has entrusted us now with the domain Emmanuel.Church. And the series that we've been in for the last several weeks is a series about how do we honor that name? How do we do a great job of that? One of the tools that we've been using along the way is this insert that you have in your bulletins here. This is a, a tool that was put together by our denomination, the Covenant Denomination, and they've identified through a lot of different things, research and conversations and all these different studies, 10 healthy missional markers. These are different aspects, characteristics, if you will, of a God-honoring church. And in the series, we've already covered seven. Seven of the ten, real quickly, here's the seven that we've already covered. Centrality of the Word of God, life-transforming walk with Jesus, compelling Christian community, heartfelt worship, sacrificial and generous living and giving, a culture of godly leadership, functional leadership structures. And what we're going to do now in the remaining three weeks is cover three more. We're going to do two of the three today. One of the two that we're going to look at today as we weave in this conversation with my friends here is the idea of intentional evangelism intentional evangelism. Here's what it says in our tool about that, about sharing the good news. It says that a healthy, God-honoring church will do this, that we are burdened for the spiritual condition of those who do not yet know Christ. We have identifiable pathways for evangelism to take place in our ministries. And I love the wording, especially of this last bullet. Our people are equipped and growing in their ability to build a spiritual friendship and then to know how to share their faith as God birth opportunities arise. Isn't that great? Instead of here, let me try to ram something down your throat. What if we built these relationships and then we watch as God open the doors and then we walk through those as he provide opportunity? So that's one of the things that, that you're going to see us addressing here today as we, as we talk. And then here's the second characteristic of a God-honoring church that we're going to be looking at today, and that is this, transforming communities through compassion mercy, and justice. And here's the bullets that go with that. We are burdened for the hurting people in our community and beyond. We have identifiable pathways for compassion and mercy and justice ministries to take place. And then our people are equipped and growing in their ability to see and address. I love that. See and address the hurts and the causes of hurt in our community and beyond. If we are going to honor the name that God gave us, we need to be about this too. Now, there's a place to summarize both of these things in your notes. I'd encourage you to write this down. We honor God by sharing the good news and doing good deeds. Both of those things. By sharing the good news, the intentional evangelism, doing good deeds, addressing these real issues around us. Now, before we go any further, I want to anchor this in the Scriptures. Before we start having some dialogues and some, some sharing, I want to anchor this in the Scriptures. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn quickly to Mark chapter 8, verses 1 through 10. As you're turning there, I want to say a couple things. One is if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one free today. We always keep a stack of them at the entrance and exits. Please take one as a gift to you. The other thing I want to say about the book of Mark is I'm really excited also for the upcoming series. In Lent, we're going to do a series on Mark. We're going to 
cover as much of Mark as we possibly can during Lent, and I'm excited for that. All right, here we go. This is a familiar story to many of you, but there's some important framing that happens here for the conversations we're about to have. Mark chapter 8, starting with verse 1. We'll go 1 through 3. In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered, they had nothing to eat. And Jesus called his disciples to him, and he said, I have compassion on the crowd because they've been with us now for three days, and they've got nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they're going to faint along the way, and some of them have come from far away. Now, this passage and other passages in Mark's gospel, they give us a glimpse into the heart of our Savior. Here is Jesus. He's surrounded by hungry people, and he has compassion. He has compassion. Now, we don't know if Mark, the author here, witnessed this firsthand, but we do know that the Apostle John did. The Apostle John was a person who actually was there. And it was interesting if you read his writings. One of the things that he says in one of his letters, he says, if anyone, all right, I, after walking with Jesus for all those years, if anyone has the world's goods and you see a brother or sister in need and you close your heart to them, how can you say that God's love is in you? I love that. So John was actually there. He watched Jesus do these types of things, and he says that. If God's love flows through our veins and our heart, then our heart's going to be moved. If somebody's hungry and they don't have anything to eat. Or if we see these stats, I mean, we've shown you some of these stats before. Take a look at this one. More than 26,500 children died yesterday of preventable causes related to their poverty. And it will happen again today. It'll happen tomorrow and the day after that. Almost 10 million children will be dead in the course of the year. And here's the thing, right? We, we hear these stats. We see these needs all around us. You know, and it's like, it's like we've got our little watering can, right? Maybe you feel like this sometimes. And there's a worldwide drought. Where do I pour? Where do I even start? Can I even make a difference when there is this much need all around us? What do I do? Well, let's keep reading what happened here. The disciples answered him, picking up with verse 4. How can one feed 4,000 people? with bread here in this desolate place. And, and Jesus asked them, well, how many loaves do you have? And they look around, they're like, seven? And maybe you felt like that, right? I, I got seven loaves in my bank account. I, I got seven days in my week. How can I even begin? Where do I even start with all these needs? If you ever felt like that, so did John. John was literally there. He was literally in the account that we're reading. He was literally there when Jesus looked at the disciples and said, let's do something. And they're like, what do you think we can do? Picking up with verse 6, Jesus directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. He took the seven loaves and giving thanks, he broke them, gave them to the disciples to set before the people, and they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said that these should also be set before them. And they ate, and they were what? They were sad. We're satisfied. Again, we're going to spend our entire Lent series in the book of Mark. And if you want to read ahead, in addition to reading the book of Mark, start there. But there's a great little um, book by N.T. Wright. It's, um, it's called Mark for Everyone, a, a commentary. I'm working through it right now. It's a great little book, little um, commentary on the scriptures. Here's a quick quote from there, and I put this in your notes because it's worth looking at again. Here's, here's what it said. And this is a great transition into our, our interviews here today. It is noticeable that in both the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000, 
Jesus not only feeds the crowds, he involves his disciples in the feeding. The closer we are to Jesus, the more likely it is that he's going to call us to share in his work of compassion and healing and feeding and bringing his kingdom work to an ever wider circle. Unlike the magicians in the ancient world performing tricks to gain money or personal kudos, Jesus is concerned to bring his disciples into the work in which he's engaged. The Christian life as a disciplined rhythm of following Jesus involves not only being fed, but becoming in turn one through whom Jesus' love can be extended to the world. And if we had more time, we'd jump here to John chapter 6. And we'd see how John says, he records Jesus as saying, I'm the living bread. These signs and wonders that you're seeing, there's a point to them. It's to point you to the fact that I'm the Messiah. Then he goes on in John 7, I'm the living water. I'm the living water. It's not about you just taking a little can and pouring this out. Bring them to me. Ultimately, I'm the living water. The miraculous signs and compassionate deeds that Jesus performed were signs that Emmanuel had come. And if you'd like to join him in his work and you're not sure where to start, one of the things that we try to do is offer some opportunities to partner with our partners. And you've heard us introduce in the past Ace in the City multiple times, and they're doing some great things in Minneapolis. You've heard us talk about Emmanuel Children's Home multiple times and the great things they're doing in Juarez. And today we want to introduce you to some new friends at the Union Gospel Mission right here in St. Paul. And with that, there's the introduction. I did the best I could to keep it tight so we could save a lot of time for these guys. Guys, why don't you come on up here? I want to uh, introduce you here to some, some new friends that we've got. Why don't you guys take a, take a seat and let's see. We'll have John, why don't you grab here? I'll give you a mic and you guys can grab that mic over there. Um, and we're just going to have this conversation up here. And I don't know exactly where it's all going to go. This is one of the fun things about, um, about this church. But what I do want to do right now is I want to show, can we just put up on the screen, this is their catchphrase at, at, the, at the mission. I love this. This is one of the things that really excited me when I saw this. Our mission is changing lives. Our mission, isn't that a great phrase? And ultimately, I mean, you guys, Greg's met many of us. John's just getting to know us. Kenny, you, you were here before too, right? This is, this is who we are, right? We, this, the people, we want to be about this. We want to be about helping to facilitate life change, to see God step into somebody's life and help them break out of situations they were in. So I'm excited for this conversation. So John, why don't we start with you? Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, share a little bit about the mission yourself, however God leads. And it's great there. to be here. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we go way back here. I've never been to this site with Emmanuel, but when you were in the... Uh, was it Chippewa? Chippewa Middle School, yeah. Went there, when, and we learned from you. We were in the Covenant Church Planting Assessment Center together. And I think you have one of the best uh, pastor's wives here. Because pastor's wives, yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> That's what they said. I told you guys. You I have told, one of the I've best pastors, too. Well, whatever. But, 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 but the reason I told why. You, they love Laura better than they love me down well, there. And yeah. the reason for that is we had to give a we, we joked that the Covenant Church Planting Assessment Center was the American idol of church planters, like, pick me, pick me, <laughs> right? And uh, we had to give a little mock five-minute sermon, and I got done with mine, and Laura said, I want to go to your church. She yeah. was so sweet. She just had compassion She's honest, on me. too. She probably wanted to go she to your church. She had compassion yeah. on me. So yeah. 
<laughs> Seriously, it, it's a blessing to, to be here with you, and, and we just celebrate what God's doing in your midst as a, as a fellow covenant pastor. I've been on a journey. Um, we did Living Stones. We did that for about four years and needed to close the doors on that. I got to go back home where I grew up at Faith Covenant Church in Burnsville for four years, and God has led me, kept doing this Matthew 25. We say that the mission is kind of a an arm of Matthew 25 arm of the church, right? Mm. That when you do it to the least of these, you do it to me. And I think that's why we, we do this. He is so good to us to do compassion and mercy and justice, not because he just commands it, because it's so good for us. Mm. And I don't want to, I'm going to talk a little bit after, but uh, I want to introduce uh, my friends, uh, Kenny and Greg, who uh, are interns in our Christ Recovery Center, um, coming through a chemical dependency program. And, and, and one of the phrases at CRC is, just stay till the miracle happens. So they're going to just share a little bit of their story of what God's done for them and, and how good he is. Kenny, take it away. I'm great. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> All right, well, my name's Kenny. Um, well, a little bit about me. Uh, I came from a broken home, didn't have a father, grew up all around addiction. So all I knew was an unhealthy lifestyle growing up. So naturally, that's why I clung on to. Um, got in started getting in trouble at a young age, graduated high school, tried college, got kicked out for drugs. And that was my first time getting in trouble as an adult. Then after that, just kind of just all snowballed downhill. I was raised in the church, but I was like, getting right with Jesus is for when you get old. Right now, I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, so uh, after a while, it just became jail and prison for me. And uh, I'm 26 right now. Spent five years of my life in prisons and jails. A lot of y'all like, how in the world is that possible? <laughs> well, right now, it's like, well, you got to understand where I came from so you can understand the miracle I'm going to tell you about. So right now, I got... I got seven felonies and um, they're all drug charges. So the last time I got in trouble, it got to the point I was going to get out and uh, I was just praying. Cause I'm like, God, if this, if this is what life's supposed to be like for me, I'm just going to be locked up for a long time. But if it's something else out there for me, I don't know where it's at. I, I need, I need, I need to get there. Cause like, I'm, I'm tired of this. I had, had a daughter and I was, I ended up becoming who I didn't want to be. I never wanted to be like my father, but due to the way I was living, I couldn't be there for her like I wanted to. And um, I go to court, and I and I had prayed before I went to court, like, God, just just guide me. Just, you go in there, you speak for me. So I went in there, I was going to get released, and I, I told him, I don't want to get released right now. Like, if you let me out, I'm gonna get in trouble. I need help. Like, that's, pretty much unheard of. Most people want to get out of here. I'm like, keep me in here till you get me to a place where I can get my life right. Oh, so That's wise. I ended up I ended up going to, to one treatment center, but I knew I needed to be somewhere where Jesus was at. I like, if I want to get my life right, I got to get right with God. And um, the way I found the mission was my mom had walked by and seen the Christmas decorations. So she went over there to, to basically just see what was going on over there. She seen the Christ Recovery Center. Now, she didn't know she had a friend from high school there and she ended up running into him because he was in the mission at that time. So that's how the miracle keep happening. So, he just, so then he was like, yeah, you can get your son in here. So I ended up leaving that treatment center. 
I had two parole officers at the time. One of them said I could leave, one of them didn't. One said if you leave, you're going to go to jail. But that wasn't God's plan for me to go back to jail. He was like, you're going to get in this place. So I just I just left in faith, like, all right, this is where I'm supposed to be. I played phone tag with Randy for about two weeks, and then I finally got in there. And um, I don't know. Then that's when things just started changing for me. Uh started seeing these healthy relationships and people telling me it wasn't over for me because I was like, how am I supposed to get a job after this? What what am I going to do? Like, on paper, I look bad. And then um, we started going through these processes and this thing called WorkNet. And then I learned to get my confidence back. I learned to interview properly. I learned to that how I present myself now is who I am, not who I am on paper. I don't have to be that person no more. I can go in there and be who God intended me to be. So now I have no problem going to go find a job. After this process, it was it was all these people offering me jobs. I'm like, how is this possible? Society said I can't work. That's right. Nobody will hire you. <laughs> but that's not what God said. Mm -hmm. You know, and it just it's all about compassion and mercy there. Like is if you don't see it for yourself, it's kind of hard to explain, but just being there, I've got healthy friendships and family type relationships, things I've never experienced before. And now I'm able to help people and give the word back out like it was given to me. So that's great. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Kitty. Hi, I'm Greg. And normally I introduce myself as I'm an addict and an alcoholic. Um, I'll start out to tell you a little bit about myself real quick. Um, I was born to a Christian family, um, but something happened along the way and I went and took my own road. So by the time I was 15, I was living on my own. Um, by, the seven, by the time I was 17, um, I had been married, had a child, my wife had been shot, died in my arms. I did a year in the chain gang. I, um, my life progressed into being in jail and institutions. And um, I came to the mission 12 years ago. My sister had introduced me to the mission. And I guess it just wasn't, I wasn't ready yet to be sober and to have God in my life again, and, and so I went back out, and I did the same things again. I was using drugs, um, dealing with people that weren't good people, and uh, I've OD'd twice on heroin in the last um, three years. That The last time I did, the doctor asked me if I believed in God. I was in there for 12 days, and I told him that I did, and he said, well, when you go home tonight, do me a favor and pray to him because we didn't save your life. That God did. So meanwhile, I, of course, I went back home and I used right away again because I'm an addict. I couldn't even walk. I had a walk. I left the hospital in a walker, with a walker. So as time went on, I decided that I had got, I had got more trouble. And I got in trouble for drugs again. And I got in this trouble and I decided to call the Union Gospel Mission. 
And Kenny talks about the Christ Center. When we talk about the Christ Center, that's part of the Union Gospel Mission. It's a different program. It's just a program that we're in. Um, and I called the Christ Recovery Center, and there's a, I'd been gone for 12 years. And when I did, the director said, well, Greg, we don't have a bed for you. And I said, I'll sleep on the floor. And he told me, you are a child of God. You are a brother of the right Christ Center. You need to come home. Mm-hmm. Now, that's after 12 years of me being out of contact and, um, and avoiding their emails and their calls because when things are bad, I don't want healthy people in my life. So I returned, and I did sleep on the couch for a couple of weeks. I'd been living in a storage unit, um, working off and on, um, selling drugs to get by. And coming into the Christ Center, I had no relationship with my family. I have five daughters. I have a son. I have a wife. Uh, They wanted nothing to do with me. After about six months, my daughter, my 23-year-old, my children are all sober. None of my children do drugs. None of them smoke. None of them drink because they've watched their dad through these years, all the problems he's caused in in their life and my life. And um, My daughter, Samantha, called me after six months and said, Dad, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, and I love you with all my heart. And I'm in your life, help you with anything I can. But she said, if you mess up this time, you will never see me again. You will never see my grandson, her son. And if I have anything to do with it, my four sisters will never talk to you again either. So now, and my wife never talked to me. Now I've accepted God back into my life. I've decided that I think that this last time God had, he had to wake me up and, and make me see what I was doing wrong. And that's his last time that I got put in jail. Right now, um, things are not perfect, but with, with Jesus and God in my life, things are so much better. I'm, right now I'm facing uh, five years in prison for my actions. Um, I get sentenced at the end of this month, but this is, I'm okay with that. As long as I have Jesus in my heart, God in my life, support like you people, you know. I remember I came in here a year ago, walked in this door, and I sat down, and Pastor Chris walked right up to me and said, I've never seen you here before. And he shook my hand and welcomed me. And I remember that that was God. I mean, I just remember it like yesterday. So I do come, I, I did come here for six or seven months. And now I, uh, circumstances have me going to a different church. But uh, I want to thank you. I'm glad to be here today. Glad to have God back in my life. Glad to know that, to have places like the Union Gospel Mission, the Christ Recovery Center, that people have a place to go when they're having in trouble or no place to go, you know. Um, so thank you.
Thank you. Can I jump in for just a second? Hey, just a the, um, <laughs> this is impressive. You guys, way to go, way to share. This is not an easy thing to do to open your life up like that. But is, is the mission changing lives? Absolutely. Do you, do you think your faith would get inspired by regularly hearing things like this, of how a doctor felt prompted to say something you know, to, to, yeah. to you and how your mom, she just was walking by, she saw some decorations, and it led to this. You know, that's why one of the reasons I love what the covenant said about the whole God-breathed opportunities. We sometimes put the wrong burden on our shoulders when it comes to outreach, when it comes to compassion. This is God's work. He's setting it all up. Our part is just to be obedient to our part. And then we watch what happens when people like this seize opportunities. Inside your bulletin, you should have what we call a ticket of hope. Could you just pull this out for just a second? I want to I share about this. When I was exploring a little bit about the Union Gospel Mission, because I didn't know much about it, um, one of the things that just excited me and wanted me to get to know them better is this idea of a ticket of hope. How often do you drive some, by somebody and someone's got the sign, right, that they want money or they need help? To be able to offer someone more than that, to be able to offer them a ticket to hope because the mission has all of these things, whether it's recovery, whether it's job training, and, and I'm sure you'll share some more of that. Here are now all these opportunities that a person, if they want to make a change, they have an opportunity now. There's hope that they can make these changes. So, so I love this. Now, there's going to be people that are going to throw this away as soon as you hand it to them, but at least there's an opportunity, right, for someone to have hope because of what God's doing through you guys. Share more about whatever. Yeah, you know, Chris, I was thinking uh, when you came and, and we walked around the mission, it was a, a Ruth 2-3 moment. It says in Ruth 2-3 that, uh, that Ruth found herself, just, as it turned out, she just found herself working in the field belonging to Boaz. Oh, just found herself, yep. So yep. It's, it's one of those ironic things, right? It just so happened that, you know, she found herself in this field. And as you were walking around, it just so happened that we ran into Kenny and yeah, heard yeah. his story. And yeah. he had been here before. It just so happened we ran into Greg standing outside of the, yep. you know, the work net, working on your work net classes. And um, it's, it's just evident, right, of um, you are right across. You just so happened to plant a church right across from our, our Gospel Hill camp. Yeah, if you guys pass it right down the road, it says Ministry Center on the side. If you just drive by. Right here so, in 96. So there's these amazing opportunities, right, to, uh, why, why do we do evangelism? Why do we do compassion, mercy, justice, right? It's, it's because he commands us. But there's, there's something more. It's like when you get in the presence of miracles, you know, just hearing your stories, you feel closer to God. It's like Satan wants to do everything he can to keep us out of the word, to keep us out of sharing our faith, to keep us out of Matthew 25 ministries because he doesn't want us getting in the presence of Jesus. When we do it to the least of these, when we, when we walk life and we see miracles, we get more of Jesus. And, and you're right across from this camp. And, uh, you know, there's, there's guys going through recovery at the camp. People could come in relationship, could come down to Wednesday nights. There's the Christ Recovery sing-along where the guys come there and have worship and all the alumni come around and medallions of sobriety are handed out. You can, hmm. you can just engage, right, and, and strike up a mentoring relationship. We're at the camp where, where exciting things are happening, where um, you can do some projects, right, as a church. You could, can help out. They're going to be developing a new youth group with the camp of kids that come to camp and then get disconnected. I was just with the head uh, sheriff of Anoka County a couple weeks ago having lunch, a strong believer in Christ. 
he attributes uh, his hard life growing up going to some of the Union Gospel Mission camps. So it does change lives. That was the hard part. That was the turnaround well, no, part, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, okay. he, he attributes. It was so rough. It was I so almost, bad at camp. <laughs> I almost gave up. Just clarifying there for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yes. you, brother. That's why I'm here. I'm here for you. <laughs> you are a good pastor. <laughs> yeah. I still, you still like Laura better. I know. I no, know. no, no. I know. It's just a blessing to be here. Uh, I just, I encourage you to, to check out some of the things. There's opportunities to serve a meal. Um, I always say, hey, it's one of the hardest things to do, right? To, to sit down at a meal with, with a homeless person, but it's one of the most rewarding things to see the stories, to, to recognize people that may feel invisible and see Jesus in them. You can go as a group and serve a meal. There's just many different ways um, you can get involved. Uh, come check it out, and uh, we're excited to see as it turns out. Yeah, can you just quickly just share some of the, there's like all these different centers. I mean, I'm, I can't even remember half of them. There's we got the camp. We have the yep. men's campus, which is right on 435 University, just a little east of 35E. And on any given night, there's about 300 guys mm -hmm. at, at, the, at the men's campus with the Christ Recovery Center, with the Bethel Hotel, with discipleship program, transitional housing. Yep. Um, there's Three meals a day there. Right? Three meals a day. Right? So anybody that needs a meal can come. That's a ticket of hope. They would come to the, to the men's campus, men or women. Anybody needs a meal would go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you don't, need a, you don't need a meal ticket. No. No. You show up and you get a free meal. Mm -hmm. You can bring your children. You want your children to see what some people live like, mm -hmm. where they have to go. You're welcome anytime to walk in that door, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. That's great. And they have den they have free dentistry there. They it's have the largest dental free dental clinic in the state. Over 2,000 adults. You know, if you just gotta not have insurance, you can come get an appointment. Um, and and Jesus is showing up in the dental clinic. The, the one of the head dentists was talking about. There was a woman who was really agitated. Um, she had been to the ER and got some medicine, but she had terrible teeth pain. The schedule opened up. They said, "Would you like us to work on?" And he just said, "Can I pray for you?" So he said, sure. And as he said the name Jesus, her body just mm. relaxed. Just uh, the bad, bad stuff left, and Christ came in. So, you know, since 1902, there's been a gospel service every night at the mission. Every night. You could, you could bring a group down and come see a chapel service. You could bring a group down and come lead a service and see the fruit that happens uh, when, when the name of Jesus is being lifted up. We have a women and children's shelter. I office out of there. Once a week, I get to do an identity in Christ class with, with some young women, and, and they're hungry for Jesus, right? We get to talk about, hey, how did this path of the world work out, right? Mm -hmm. Dr. Phil, so how's that working for you? <laughs> yeah, right. But there's an honesty, and that's what I see time and time again, right? Yeah. It's like you hear from these guys, there's an honesty, and who doesn't want that? Like, God, would you get real with my life? That's what happens when we get in the place with people that are, are honestly saying, hey, the gospel, I need the gospel. Yeah. And every guy that comes through the doors there gets their GED. They all have the opportunity to go through school. And, well, it's required. They all go through school, get their GED, go through a WorkNet program. Some people don't know how to work. Some people have never worked. So gives them the opportunity to find jobs, to learn how to find jobs, or find jobs that you thought you never could find. So it's really, you can find a better place and mission that loves people, that's willing to care for them. 
Uh, yeah, it's actually uh, it's actually a guy who's been in the primary phase for about two years now. We don't put people out there like these guys have been staying there for four or five years. That's why they stay just just stay. It's not like other treatment programs where you get put out at the 30 days. You you move at your own pace. It's a guy there about 62, and he just passed his math test on his GED. So he's like two tests away. You know, and, and to see somebody that happy, like, oh man, I'm about to go to college. And, you know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you Fires know, you up, yeah. You know, it, it's just you, you see these people getting their hope back. You yes, know, and it's an yes. amazing thing to watch. You know, I I felt like I was hopeless at one point, and now I just like I'm just excited about life. Like, yeah. man, I'm going back to school in the fall. I'm doing this. Like, I don't know. I feel just. I don't know, God just rejuvenated me. So yeah. it's just, it's a beautiful thing when you see it happening in other people. So, you know, I encourage you just to go down there and just watch it one day. We got this thing called Sing Along on Wednesdays. We do a lot of church songs. It's guys celebrating a recovery time. It's just, it's all around great time. And if you want to go as a group, you, uh, you can get together and they'll give you tours, free tours anytime of the school, of the mission, of the Christ Recovery Center. They'll tour the whole place with yeah, oh, that's fantastic. One of the things that I, I noticed, too, when I was walking around is, is almost every one of the centers, the buildings, there were pictures of the graduates, right, with their caps and gowns and everything like that. And I love that, that they can point to specific people whose lives have been changed. And I also love how we walked around, and there's the, um, there's, it's not just good deeds or good news. It's, it's all one big thing. You know, God wants to change your life. There's the Bible verses all over. There's the, that whole spiritual counseling wing up above. It's, it's, it has my attention. And one of the things that really has my attention, too, is a church where the whole thing has been follow the leader from the beginning. Um, because we were the candidates at the American Idol thing, whatever, that were saying, <laughs> don't pick us because we're not, you remember that? We're not, we're not church planters, right? We're here to get to know the covenant better. And, and so this whole church has been about following Jesus, right? Well, it has my attention that before we ever, God ever opened the doors to the Shoreview Community Center, he opened the doors for us to have youth group at Union Gospel Mission. Do, do you ever try to read too much into circumstances? No, because it can get you in trouble. But you should be attentive to that kind of thing, that God had opened those doors. And even before God opened the doors to us to have youth group there at the Union Gospel Mission, um, I remember when I was at another church, we were having a retreat there. That's how I actually got to meet the facility. And I was sitting down at the dock because I knew I was going to need to make a change from this other church. And I'm looking out over the, the lake, over Snail Lake, there on the dock, and I'm seeing the lights off in the distance behind that hill. And I'm like, oh, God, maybe you're calling us to Minneapolis or you're calling us to whatever. No, he was calling us right here. Right, like more literal than that. He was calling us to start a church in the community center, possibly doing some ministry right here at the, at the camp. It's going to be exciting to see what God does with this. So a couple of real practical steps forward. We're going to be taking our um, elders on a field trip down there in April after, after, um, after uh, Easter, and we'll just kind of do that tour. In your bulletin, in your green insert, we have, uh, have a couple things that you can look at getting involved with. I've got their website down here, or you can just talk to, to one of these guys afterwards about personally getting involved, learning more about the gospel mission. Because I want this, if, if we're going to develop a partnership, I want it to seem good to the Spirit in us, not to the Spirit in Chris, to the Spirit in us as a congregation to see what, what God might be doing. Also, we started a brand new outreach team, and so we've got a group that meets about every other month. We'd love, if you'd like to know more about that, 
Christina Freeman's email is on here. Give her an email. We'd love to get you involved with that because we're going to really get serious, more serious than we've ever been before about how do we reach out locally right here in the Shoreview area and surrounding communities, what would God have us doing in the cities, and what would God have us to do international. So we're putting together a team that's going to help us to, not, it's not a think tank, it's an action group. How do we mobilize this church around those missions? So there's some real specific ways to get involved. You may have noticed on your sheet there's one more blank. Let's fill that in before we go. The blank is this. How, who are you helping in Jesus' name? Could you write that you in there? Who are you helping? Because if, if you're going to drive by the person with the cardboard sign, if you're going to change the channel when, someone com- when the Compassion International commercial comes on, you, we can't do everything. Who are you helping? Who are you connected with? What are you doing to live out this part of our mission, this important part of our mission. So prayerfully consider that. It may be Union Gospel Mission. It may be Ace in the City. It may be a different ministry. But who is God calling you and your family to help out? Any final thoughts, final words here before we pray? Pray now? All right. Yeah, go for it, please. Well, (laughs) I know for me what helped me out a lot was when people would just come there and just, you know, just knowing people outside really cared, you know, it wasn't about them really doing anything special, but just the fellowship piece. I know that means a lot to a lot of people down there. You know, just knowing people in the community really do care and they are invested in you spiritually and mentally and all that because it, it does matter. You know, for somebody in my shoes, it really did help. Like, y'all changed my life. You know, it wasn't just everybody inside, of, it was people's family who were coming and people who just wanted to know what was going on and really cared. Like, I didn't think people cared. And just just for that, just to see that, it changes somebody's life. Just one more thing. You know, what the people, the guys down there at the mission, what, what they live for is groups like you to come in. We have a, a group called, we call them the cake ladies. They've been coming, <laughs> they've been coming the first Tuesday of every month for 25 years. Wow. They come and they bring ice cream cake and they bring cakes and homemade stuff they make. They're all elderly ladies, seven, eight of them with their husbands, first Tuesday of every month. They have never missed. They bring birthday cards for whoever has a birthday that month. So if, if even if they don't know your birthdays that month, they have an extra card for you. And yeah, it's true. So it, and it's really great. You know, they, they talk to like each person every month, talks a about something in their life, you know, about God or something. And, and um, we have other volunteers that have been coming there for 25 years, 28 years. They come like every Friday, every Tuesday, been coming the same day, you know, for all these years. So, and, and all the guys look forward to seeing them come in the door, you know. They know what days they come, they know what times they come, you know. It's just a blessing. <laughs> Yeah, it's a oh, blessing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you, guys. Let's, let's, let's pray. Lord, um, thank you for this opportunity. A little bit different than normally how we um, proclaim the word, but this was it. This was a proclamation of your word, that you change lives. It's your mission, and you've invited us to be a part of it. So, Lord, we pray that, that what you've just sown here, these seeds, would, would take root in every life that you want them to take root in. Maybe there's a new cake lady um, out there or, or some new something that you want to do. Father, give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see your work. May we join you in it. Lord, I'm also so thankful for all the people who helped 
Greg and, and others, Kenny, who, who visited us right here. Um, Lord, thanks for, for this to be a place that welcomes people home. We don't cast stones at one another. We welcome people home. May more than ever before this be a church that welcomes people home and goes forth and does your work wherever you call us to go. Thank you for my brothers here in Christ. We pray you bless them as individuals. You bless families. You bless the Union Gospel Mission. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks,